to go. Welcome to another episode of Rich in Relationship. And today we're talking about resetting your buttons. You know what those buttons are, right? The buttons that the people who know you best, best know how to push. Somehow, your partner, your loved ones, they just know what to say and how to say it to send you through the roof. Well, what if I told you it doesn't have to be that way? What if I told you that you can find out what these things are, take control of them, and have a life where you feel, looking for the right words, less manipulated and driven by the people around you, especially like the people who you love most, because when those buttons get pushed, what happens? You explode. All right, so resetting your buttons. Let's talk about it. So what is a button? I got a button. I got a button right here. That's not what I'm talking about. I got a belly button. That's not what I'm talking about. But a belly button is closer. If somebody pushes your belly button, you might laugh. You're going to have a reaction. You're going to notice it. A button is an emotional hotspot in your personality. It's a a spot that when somebody says something a certain way, you just go, what? Like, what are you talking about? Or maybe you get a little scared. You know, maybe you have a fight or flight reaction to it. And where did that button come from? Why do we have that button? Why do we have this emotional button that somebody can push on and we just go, bleh, why? Here's why. Our buttons were installed, I'd like to say by us, but they were adopted by us in our childhood. And the, the original installer who warranties them are our parents. Now, it's not like our parents say, <laughs> I know, I'm gonna install a button in Rich so that every time somebody says this, he goes there. No, what it's more like is our parents were raised a certain way and they've got their buttons that were installed for them. They've got their fears, their things that get to them. They've got their, I'm gonna call them triggers also, a button and a trigger, interchangeable words. And what happens is as we're growing up, particularly from the ages of let's say zero to five, we're just absorbing like a sponge, everything. And so we start seeing how our parents operate. And we see that when somebody says X, they go blah. And we go, maybe that's a good response. And then what happens is because our parents become masters of pushing each other's buttons, they start pushing ours too. But they don't push it, they create it. <clears throat> I'll give you an example. I have a client who grew up in a super controlling household. Her mother in particular was very controlling of her, very critical also, critical and controlling. She controlled through criticism. And so anytime she hears something that's critical, she goes, Bleh! right? We've worked on that, she's gotten better. But why does she go blah? Because she's learned that with a certain reaction, she can shut down the criticism. She can either push it out, stop it from coming in, or at least feel empowered in the face of it. So she's got a button around anything that sounds like criticism and she's got a certain reaction that she has to that. So 
what is that reaction? I mean, it sounds like it's just an emotional thing and we should just be able to change our feelings, right? But it's not just emotional. Our buttons are not just grounded in our feelings or a better way to put it is our feelings are not independent of our bods, all right? Our feelings live in our body. Any good therapist is gonna tell you that we actually hold emotion in our body. In fact, sometimes when our buttons are pushed, we can feel it in places in our body. The place where it's especially impactful is where? Our brain. Our brain is where our feelings get processed. We may hold the feeling in our body, but our brain is where the feeling gets processed. And we automate a reaction. And so the whole idea of a button or a trigger is that emotionally, we automate certain reactions to protect ourselves, to feel safer. So in that example of my client with her mother, she has a couple of automatic responses anytime she feels that her mother or people that sound like her mother are critical of her. And that worked really well for her, for her in her childhood. It just, it pushed away the criticism and the sense of insecurity and made her feel rock solid. But later on in life, people would say things and they didn't mean it to be critical, but it sounded like her, like her mother reminded her of that time and she reacted and the, the reaction was automatic not even thought about it. So why is it automatic? It's automatic because it's in our neural network. Our neural network are the sets of nerves and neurons that fire when we have a feeling. Different parts of our brains light up at different times when we have different, where we're doing different things or experiencing different things. And what that neural network does is it identifies the trigger in the case of my client, it identifies the criticism and it determines how to react. And very often, because this is automatic, it goes from our rational brain to a part of our brain that is mostly emotional called the amygdala. Now the amygdala is this little sort of primitive brain piece, well, they call it primitive, in Brian science, I wonder how primitive it really is, that sits on top of our spine. And basically the amygdala is looking for danger all the time. Like the amygdala is our part of our brain that when we're going through the woods, through the jungles, it's going, is that a lion? It hears a twig snap, is that a bear? It sees a shadow, is that a tiger? It's always looking for danger. And it's there to help us protect ourselves, to help us survive. And our amygdala, amygdala determines whether we're gonna fight the perceived danger, run from the perceived danger, or play dead. So my client who feels criticized has three responses to criticism. The primary one is to fight because that's what worked best. The second that this client perceives the danger of criticism, her amygdala fires up, she attacks. And that is right there how buttons work. And she's got this well ingrained neural network that was started when she was zero to five and perfected from seven to 21 and then utilized again and again and again until she came to me. So what we're combating here is something that helped us that has maybe become a hindrance to us. And it isn't just emotional, it's also neurological. 
It's in our body. And it involves a part of our brain. And actually, the more that your amygdala is triggered, the bigger it gets. So people who are in a war zone, for example, have seriously large amygdalas and other parts of their brains actually shrink because our, the amygdala becomes really important. So if you feel like you're under constant attack, your amygdala grows. It's called an amygdala hijack, in fact. What happens is, is your, if your amygdala becomes very dominant, it's hijacking your emotions all the time. Button pushing could be also called triggered or an amygdala hijack. All right, so now we know what it is. We know why we have it. And it wasn't a bad thing to begin with. It was a good thing. And actually, there are some circumstances where it might still be a good thing. It's not like having those buttons are always awful. But there are many situations where it's not so good. With this client, she had difficulty having intimate relationships because she was triggered all the time. Anytime her partner would speak something to her, it would sound like criticism. And interestingly, we tend to pick partners who are really good at triggering us, probably because we pick partners who ultimately are gonna help us work through our limitations, right? Our purpose here on earth is to grow and thrive. And we can't grow and thrive with limitations. And we intuitively pick people in our lives to help us grow and thrive. In fact, if we go against that intuition and just pick people who don't challenge us, we get softer and weaker and our interest in life becomes less and we slip into depression. We don't, I'm not saying by the way that anyone who's depressed has a partner that they selected who was a bad choice. I'm saying that an outcome of choosing people that are less challenging in your life can be that we slip into depression and feel purposeless. So if you're being triggered, this is a good thing, right? If you've got a partner in your life who triggers the crap out of you, Congratulations, because you've got an opportunity. You've got an opportunity to find out what this is about and reset it. And yes, it can be reset. That's the good news. The bad news is because it's something we've been working with for years, sometimes decades, it can't be reset just by knowing it, right? And I think this is something that people encounter a lot in therapy and in coaching. They think, I can identify this thing. Bam, I can move on. And then two weeks later, it comes up again and they go, what? I thought I had that handled. And then it comes up a month later. They go, I can't believe this. It's still with me. So here's the deal. Your button is always going to be with you because it's deeply, deeply ingrained. But the good news is it can be repurposed. And with the awareness of it, you can change how it impacts you. You can rewire it, basically. You'll always have the button, but you can rewire it. Here's a metaphor for you. Let's say you have something that's really triggering or really a button that really powerful. What happens is this. You're walking down the street, dum -de -dum -de -dum -de -dum, and maybe you're looking at your phone. Dum -da -dum -da -dum -da -dum. Oh, look. Oh, they said tomorrow's fine. And all of a sudden, boom! You fall into a hole. And you're like, oh my God! And you probably dropped your phone. 
Oh my God, I'm in this hole. What the hell am I doing in this hole? Falling in the hole is the equivalent of being triggered, triggered or having your button pushed. You climb out, you go, oh, phew, that was terrible. I yelled at my wife, I blew up at my kids. I never wanna do that again. And you identify where the hole is. It's on Smith Street between Court and Ninth and right there in front of the stationery store. And next time I go down Smith Street, I'm gonna notice where it is. Next day, dum-de-dum-de-dum-de-dum. Creature of habit, you probably still have your phone. Um, oh, wait a minute, wait a minute. I'm on Smith Street. There's this, there is that hole. I gotta tiptoe around that hole. Huh, I avoided it that time, that's great. That would be, all right, now you've identified the button and you tiptoed around it, which means it had an effect on you, right? It's like very central, you're really looking at it, but you managed not to explode at your wife and kids that time. And you go on your merry way. Next time you're looking at your phone, you're like, this phone is a big distraction. I am not looking at that anymore. And holy crap, I'm on Smith Street. And look, there's the hole. I'm going to the other side of the street. And you go to the other side of the street and you're working and looking and go, ha, I totally avoided that hole that time. All right, so at that point, you've achieved some mastery over the button. You can still see it there. You're still having feelings as a result of the button, but you're not acting on them at all. And then one day you say, why the hell am I going down Smith Street at all? I'm gonna go a different way. And that's the point where you've rewired the button. So think about it that way. It, it takes time for us to identify the problem and to figure out how to do it. Now, why can't, how to stop having it? Or maybe it's, it takes a while to realize that it's not a problem, it's a challenge and to take up the challenge and go to a different street. And the reason why it takes time is we're, every time, the first time we went around the hole, we're creating we're, uh, new neurons and new neurological connections uh, and, but we're still, the old network is still there. So we're still pulled in that direction. And next time we've got new neurological connections and maybe we're bumping off that neural network and then coming back at, at another point. Um, new connections the fourth time, others, you know, and we're going to another street and we have it rewired. So every time that we confront this trigger or this button, we've got this opportunity to start creating this new neural network and shifting our feelings and emotions about it and moving from being victims, victims of people who can push our buttons to being victors over our own emotions and over our own history. So how do you do it? How do you do this rewiring? The first thing is obviously you need to know where the hole is on Smith Street. You need to ID the button. So you can ID the button Probably the simplest way would be journaling. Every time you get you 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 get a like an emotional rise, whoa! You write down, all right, what happened there? What triggered it? Oh, that place reminds me of the time my mom was critical at the ice cream shop. So every time I'm in places like that, I feel oh, or maybe that person reminds me of mom. You know, just the way they look, and that gets a reaction. Or maybe it's my husband talks to me just the way she did sometimes, even though he doesn't know it. You just start to identify all the things that are the people, places, and things that are 
tapping that button, triggering that button. So once you've identified that, the next thing you need to do, or maybe at the same time, is you need to deal with that amygdala. And the way to deal with it is through mindfulness, meditation, or prayer. Why? Because scientific brain studies show that when people engage in mindfulness, their cerebral cortex lights up instead of their amygdala. They did, they did these studies of magnetic studies of brains, uh, people's brains, and showed that when they were angry, their amygdalas fired up, but they could, when they shifted to meditation or prayer or mindfulness, the, the attention moved to another part of their brain. They actually were consciously choosing what part of their brain they were gonna use. So we are not victims of our brains. We are not victims of our wiring. It's, it, it's a tool, this is a tool a biological tool. And just like if we're overweight, we can lose weight by not eating, or if we wanna be stronger, we can lift weights. We can shift what part of our brain we use through certain kinds of activities, and we can rewire these buttons. That's super exciting, super exciting. And the best part is that if you engage in mindfulness meditation or prayer four times a week or more for 15 or 20 minutes a day, your amygdala shrinks and your cerebral cortex, which is your rational reasoning part of your brain grows. So you're, when you're triggered, you're gonna think more and react less as a result. How cool is that? And now the next and final step is identifying the thoughts themselves. The trigger, the button, what are the thoughts when your button gets pushed? What are you thinking? And how can you change those thoughts? Depending on who you are and how it works, it might be even behavioral. It might be every time you feel you're uh, triggered, the first thing you might wanna say to your partner is, you know, I know you didn't mean anything by this, but I'm feeling a little triggered right now. I need to go take a walk and make sure you tell them that you're coming back because otherwise they may feel abandoned. I will be back in 10 minutes to talk to you about this. I just need to take a breath. And you go and you think about, all right, what happened there? What did he say? What did she say? What was my reaction? What could my reaction be? What could they have meant? We want, we want to do is we want to put ourselves in their shoes and think about what could they really have meant besides what I think it is and start to understand what other people really mean when they say things to us and what's the response we really wanna give them rather than that, then we come back and we talk, we talk, work it through. So every time you do that, that's the equivalent of tiptoeing around the hole basically is I'm gonna take a timeout, look, I'm triggered, I'm gonna take a timeout. Um, as your amygdala is shrinking and your cerebral cortex is growing, you may not need to take a timeout. You may need to just go, one second, and do the same process that you did in your 10 minute walk in 30 seconds. Because the more you do that process, the more you ingrain, I'm gonna think about what they mean. I'm gonna think about what do I really wanna say? I know I'm triggered and I know what, where that comes from. And this is not that. The more you do that, the more you develop a new neural pathway for your thinking and your feelings, the more you reset and start over and the faster it happens. So you can go from doing that in an hour, a day, an hour to 10 seconds. 
you can just go to the point where you're triggered and just go, I'm triggered. What is it? Where do I go? Who is this? Is this the person I love? They're not trying to do this. Da, 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 da. Okay, reset and move forward. I mean, you can actually get to the point where your reaction is not noticeable to them, only to you. The last step would be repurposing the button itself. And what the heck does that mean, right? That means identifying, there's a process in coaching called um, identifying a gremlin. And so a really deeply ingrained button usually has a really deeply ingrained grained belief under it. Uh, so in the case of my client with the criticism button, what was under it was, I'm stupid. And that was a really deeply, a gremlin is like a deeply ingrained thought that almost has a life of its own. It's been there so long and there's, it's got a, that intense neural network. And so there's a process that we do it when we're coaching people who have a gremlin, where we first we have them name it, uh, we then we have them reject it. And then the next step is they make peace with it. And then when they, as they make peace with it, they find out where did that thought first start and what was it protecting? What was the situation that that thought was protecting them from and as a child or a young adult or whenever it happened? And then rewiring it so that they, they explain to the gremlin as if they're another person and it's actually another part of themselves. So it, it is conceivably another person. Is another person within them. It is their six-year-old them who has manifested a behavior and a belief system that no longer applies to 26 or 36 or 46 year old them. They make a deal with six year old gremlin them that they're going to honor the purpose for which that gremlin was created, which is to protect them, but they're gonna subtly change the way that that protection is done. So instead of going bleh, it's going to encourage them to do something that reinforces how intelligent they are, for example, would be was what we did with that client, um, sparing you the details. Now that is a pretty complex process and really hard to do by yourself. Of all the things that I have talked about here in terms of buttons and resetting them and rewiring them, that last piece, you definitely gonna want some help with it. Or you will have done it so many times that it's ingrained in a part of who you are. People who can help you with that are typically gonna be coaches. Some very well-trained therapists may be able to help you with that. Certainly something I can help you with. If you wanna reach out to me and learn more about this process, go to rich at richinrelationship.com. But honestly, for most people, they're just satisfied to not be going blah when their button's being pushed. For most people, they're perfectly happy to just take a de deep breath and go to another street instead of Smith Street. And if these things that I've been talking about sound too challenging, reach out to me and ask some questions. You know what? You could even schedule a complimentary call. Uh, just It's like a discovery call. We can talk about what you have going on. I can give you some next steps. You can get there through bit.ly forward slash end the fight is a link that you can use for that. Um, that will take you to my calendar and you can schedule some time with me. With that, I say thank you for listening. Have a great day and good luck on rewiring those buttons.